Honesty, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast, where we tell stories from Irish mythology and folklore and have a chat about them. We are continuing our tales of mythic places and the waterways, rivers and lakes of Ireland with this story by Aaron about a lake in Cavan called Loch Sheelan, the lake of the fairy pool and the strange creatures that may or may not dwell within it. Support from this podcast comes from our patrons. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales, where you can like, you can comment, you can subscribe, you can share. And for now, you can listen. Aaron, tell us a story. Loch Sheelin, the lake of the fairy pool. Now, there was a time where there was a fella, we'll call him the student. He was the son of a farmer and he was local to the lands around Cavan and the lake of Sheelin. Now it was fairly well known that Sheelin had some stories associated with it. Stories of a fairy pool down below, of land underneath the lake, of folk, good or not so good, underneath that may take anyone away and not give them back. But our student, well, he didn't really believe all of that. Though he did love to fish on the lake, what he used to do is take out his small boat. And when times were good, he'd be fishing and catching well. And oftentimes the lake was not very still. In fact, there were times when even the lake itself would throw a wave at him when there was no gust or wind at all. So strong a wave that it would nearly knock his boat over. And only for the fact that he was so strong so nimble and agile that he'd be able to hold on to the boat and it'd rock back and forward and he'd stay within it, safe and sound, until the wave would calm, the wind still not there. He'd look around, wondering at the strangeness of it all and still see the lapping of the water and never see a clear sight down below into the deep, dark depths. Oftentimes he would think of the stories he'd heard about Sheelin, the lake of the fairy pool, where there was rumours of a town below. There was a story his father had told him and had shown him a little golden pot, a small, whether it was bronze or golden, he never really knew, but it was a small pot rumoured to have been taken from a fairy house down below in Loch Sheelin. The story went that a man of the town whose uncle's aunt had the pot had a brother who was a great diver and the diver had eventually got up the courage to go diving down into the lake because whenever there was a clear day people would often remark and say they could see and there was no waves in the water down below tops of houses all the way down the bottom of the lake and so there must be a land under the lake itself. Now this diver had gone and made all the preparations correct to going into the other world or meeting the other crowd and made sure that everybody had known he was going. A few people could come on horseback and arm themselves with weapons and silver just in case any of the folk turned against them. They'd be able to fire the silver at them to ward them off. And there was a free horse ready and waiting for the diver to return and either pull him out of the water if he needed helping or ride fast away from the lake if he needed a quick exit. 
The story went, as the student well knew, for his father often told him every time he was going out on that lake, that he dove on down. And when he'd seen a great amount of houses, that he went straight for one and opened up the door and found a woman sitting inside there who was knitting and looked up at him, aghast. And she told him, very frankly, to get out of there quickly before the men came back because if they found him he would not go back up to his other world. The diver was afraid, but he wanted proof and so he asked the old lady sitting there to give him something of the other world and the other crowd would prove to the people above that they were really there. And so she got the little pot, the little potine, the little small golden or bronze as the student often thought it was really and gave it to the diver who brought it back up with him. But he heard cries and shouts of those merfolk arriving back as he swam out and up. He was nearly dragged back down into his death. And so when he finally got out, he jumped onto his horse and rode far away. And although he survived that dive down into the other world, he was always haunted by night terrors and nightmares, seeing sharp teeth. Howls and shrieks, people wanting to drown him. In his sleep he'd wake gasping for breath, searching all around and only for the pot, the little potteen, he would have known not truly if he'd been there or if it was just one of his dreams. Well, our student didn't really believe that because the proof was the fact that you could see the tops of the houses on any clear day when the, the water would be like glass. But sure, he never saw it like that. Loch Sheelin was always a tumble with some form of waves. Anytime he brought his boat out, he would always have waves crashing. And like I said before, oftentimes when there wasn't even a wind, he'd have a great big wave nearly knock him over and only for the fact that he'd be able to hold on so well, he would have fallen in many a time. Well, on one particular day, he went out with his line and his hook and his gaff, the gaff now being a large hook he'd hold in his hand for any particular big fish that would come away with a piece of wood perpendicular to the hook itself. Now, when he was fishing with the line out, he saw a very big fish. And with that came a big wave. He was nearly knocked again, but he threw out the hook once more and he figured he caught the fish, but it was too big for his line and he was afraid he would break it. Although he reeled and reeled, he looked out and saw the fish swimming under the boat and, well, he stabbed at it with his gaff. And he got it, but it was pulled out of his hand and no sooner than that was the line broken. The fish went away. Well, the water ceased to bob and weave and the waves stopped lashing against his boat and suddenly he found himself in a calm lake. No sign of the fish his line broken, his hook gone. He had nothing else to do but return home. When he told his father about the big fish and the hook and the fact that he lost his gaff while his father scolded him but told him he might be in trouble because he wouldn't know what's underneath the water there. And he began telling him once more of the diver and the people with the silver and well, our student didn't really care for this sort of thing so he rolled his eyes and stopped listening to his father drawn on as he drank his tea and sat down with the fire warming himself. 
when he had to give up the fishing for a couple of days, he returned to his studies, looking at the books, trying to educate himself, when the knock came to the door. Strange enough to hear the knock, stranger still to see who was knocking. There was a man, strangely pale, dark-eyed and dark-haired, standing there. The man spoke in a regal sort of way and asked the student, did he remember the day he nearly caught a big fish out in the lake? Did he remember nearly getting knocked down that day? And did he remember losing his gaff on the very same fish that broke the line? The student looked at him and and straightened himself up and said, Aye, I remember that, Shirley. What is it to you and how how do you know all so much about me? The strange-looking man looked at him and said, That was my sister you stabbed with the gaff, and that made her sick, and she's now sick on her dying bed and no one can cure her. But because it was you who placed the gaff in her mouth, it must be you to take it out, and if you take it out, well... Maybe she'll return to us. Do you remember getting knocked as well by strange waves when you're out there? Aye, I do. All the time. Sure, I'm always getting knocked about in that lake. Well, that's because it was my sister. She took a fancy to you, you see. And she's always been trying to knock you into the water. And if she got you into the water, she'd have you hers. You'd be hers and there'd be no getting back out of it. But here now I ask for you to come down to the pool of the fairies underneath Loch Sheelan and remove your gaff from her lips so she may breathe and live again. Will you do this for us? The student looked at him. Now realising all of the stories his father had told him were true, but he agreed he said he would on one condition that his return journey back to this house would be safely permitted and he wouldn't be kept down there against his will. That can be arranged. Now, come on, let's go. Now the student nodded, but also said, I just give us a moment, I'll go get my swimming dogs. You won't be needing those, just follow me. So, the student followed this fairy man down to the lake, And when they came to the shore, they walked right towards it. And he was expecting to be wet or to feel cold or to have to hold his breath, but no. He was simply waiting and watching as the merman walked ahead of him and seemed to slip under the water's cover and ushered him to do the same, but staying bone dry. As he stepped into the water, a strange thing happened to his stomach. He kept on walking, but he wasn't wet. And his ankles and heels were in the water, but they didn't feel cold or drenched at all. As he was following, he kept seeing the merman ushering him to keep following and keep going. Come on, out of that now, keep going. And as he kept on walking and kept seeing the water rise up and rise up until his head was underneath the water and he had a sudden feeling of being flipped upside down almost as he walked into the water and he looked up he could see the sky but then 
Something flipped and turned around and he felt very strange indeed. He kept on walking and moving, our eyes stuck to the merman moving ahead of him. And bone dry they were until they came to a place where there were houses littered along a long street. Quaint little houses and abodes, much like a town he'd see in the land of Ireland as well, but this being under the lake, the sky itself was water with cloudy shapes moving high, high above, but the water itself above them, and now the land, dry as could be, and dark, and as if the light hadn't reached it at all, he seemed to be topsy and turvy and upside down in all types of strangeness. Stomach seemed to finally land in his belly as they came to the first door of the houses that they came to. They entered and sure enough he saw a beautiful woman lying in the bed with an awful gaff stuck into her mouth, the side of her lips bleeding still from it. Well, he walked over to her and removed the gaff and then it was that he saw the rest of the people in the room as they exhaled. Must have been his mother, a sister and maybe another brother, all pale-skinned, bright-eyed, with dark hair and a strange look. A look you'd nearly see in a fish's eye glancing over their strange expression and they all smiled at him and said thank you for saving our daughter. Now when he had the gaff pulled out he turned to the merman who had taken him down and said now it's time for me to return back. Oh, but you saved me. Will you not stay down here with me? The woman spoke to him softly. He turned and he couldn't but realise how beautiful she was as she sat up in bed. He took a little bit of a longer linger and saw her figure, her curves and her very soft skin. And, well, thoughts came to his mind that he didn't really want to express in the moment. Would you not stay with me? We could get married. could have a happy life here. In fact, It was always my wish that I would have you to myself. Been a long time since I'd been trying to knock you into the water and get you down here. Didn't quite expect to get a hook in the mouth, mind you. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Yeah, that was a... Thought you were a fish. Well, you were a fish. You're not a fish anymore. Uh, Sorry about that, though. Um, Here's what I'll do. Uh, I'd only love to marry you. But maybe you'll come back up and, and live with me and I can introduce you to my family and have my friends and... Ah, sure. We'd have a grand life up there as well. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, this young student should get himself away and out of there as soon and as fast as he could. After all, making the deal with her brother that he'd be safely returned, he would have to be returned safely. But you might be underestimating how beautiful this allure of this woman was and perhaps how lonely the student had been for a fair amount of time. After all, fishing was his greatest hobby, and that was a lonesome activity. So he was quite excited by having the love of this woman shone bright upon him. He was flattered to think that she had been trying to knock him over into the water for so long, but at the same time, he didn't really want to spend all of his life under the lake. So he was hoping she might come back up to the other world. They'd give it a go, like. Oh, she said. 
but I would do that, and I'm sure we'd be happy for a while. But I have to be honest, the first time I would see sight of water, I wouldn't be able to help myself but run and jump and leap back into the water and leave you all alone. And for the love that we could share, you'd be miserable and caught in despair for the rest of your life, the missing of me. Now, our student thought this was a fair warning. And although she looked extremely delicious and extremely tempting, and all he wanted to do was hold her and, and kiss her, and for the fact that she loved him, and, well, he thought about it a little bit longer. He definitely didn't want to be stuck underneath the lake for the rest of his life, and he also didn't like the idea of being heartbroken for the rest of his days. And although she was very pretty... He decided to take himself out of the house and leave her well enough alone. Her brother escorted him back and sure enough, when they walked back up, still staying bone dry, they walked through the water and the sky seemed to flip turn underneath his feet as he walked up and in and out and that queasy moment came over him as his head began to spin and he landed back onto the dry land with the water behind him a splash as he turned and saw no more sight of the merman. Well, he went back to his father and he told him the whole tall tale. And his father, the believer of all the previous tall tales, didn't believe a word of it. And yet, we still have this story of the student and Lak Shilin, Lak Shilin, the lake of the fairy pool. And some say they still see that strangely large fish knocking about creating waves, especially on boats with lonely fishermen looking out. Maybe she's still trying to catch her prince charming.